Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. There we go. Well, welcome. It is so glad to be with you today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and it's I've been gone these past two Sundays. Some thought, would you have a good vacation? Uh, was it really a vacation? I, last uh, Two weeks ago, I was speaking at our Los Alamitos campus uh, in Los Alamitos, and then uh, they, they have one service there. And then we, I also uh, spoke at the Baptist church that we rent from, and the two church, our churches are becoming one uh, in an exciting way, and we're excited about that. And there's just a great crowd there and a fun time. And then last week, I had the privilege of doing a wedding. Christy and I went to Chicago to do a wedding and for one of the families of our church here. And uh, it was a, a beautiful time there and a number of different services. And, and while we were on this trip, uh, we were using Uber and Lyft. How many of you have used those ride-sharing uh, realities there? That's right. Yeah, it's, it was, I was a little nervous, honestly. I'd only used it once before. And it was a good experience, but I was nervous because I was putting my confidence in something <clears throat> I knew really little about. Um, but, but at first it went great. The, they picked us up from the airport right on time as they had said to, and then we had one other appointment and then that was fine. And then uh, there was a, a reception that we had to be at and it was a certain amount of time or actually a, 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 a thing that we had to be at and we had to be at a certain time. And I had timed it just right. Everything was fine. And they said they were coming, you know, in, in five minutes and, the, and on the little map that they have on the, your device, you can see little tiny cars moving. And it said, you know, Four minutes, four minutes, three minutes, five minutes. And all of a sudden it says, your Lyft driver has arrived. <clears throat> and uh, I thought, ah, where are they? And I looked around, couldn't find it. They have a little provision to call. So I called and said, hi. And they said, I, I don't know where we are. I, I'm not so sure. I can't find you. I said, well, you're not here where you're supposed to be. And then he was got really confused. And I said, I'm just going to go a different route. So they, I lost totally confidence in that company and went with another company. We were picked up, we made it on time and everything was great. But we had, we had lost confidence because what we place our confidence in affects us. Like the products we purchase. Now I talked about this months ago when I talked about what are the most trusted brands we have uh, in our world. And, and, and it's been an interesting study because they're studying how each generation feels about certain uh, products. Can you tell uh, on this list of products here uh, where Amazon, which age group tends to, to like Amazon and trust in Amazon a lot? The, uh, 30-somethings, millennials, they tend to trust Amazon wonderfully. Uh, which product on this table you think that uh, are a Gen Z or uh, uh, college and below, they see as a real trusted brand? It's It's Oreos. <laughs> It, Oreos hit one of the top brands uh, in that study, and uh, which I think is kind of amazing because they're just now entering the uh, the purchasing market, and they're trying to study that. The reason they're studying that is so they can find out how to sell best to them. And 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 they 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 say that the the um, Gen Z really make decisions based on health. Yeah, and another one that's listed very high is Lay's brand potato chips. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Of the whole, uh, Kleenex has become one of the high uh, trusted brands, right? Uh, You don't just have a facial tissue, you call it a 
<laughs> yeah. And then the one that's always the top, it's been top for a number of years, is Band-Aid brand. We don't call them, what do they call them? Medicated strips, adhesives, adhesive bandages. We don't call them that. We call them... Right, because we trust so much in the brand. Because the truth is, what we put our confidence in affects how we purchase. And, 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 and it comes from either personal experience, what we know of the product, but also with reviews. Uh, we place uh, our confidence in things that we uh, others have say are good, like restaurants and movies and other products we purchase, also vacation spots. We want to have confidence in where we are going and what we are doing in life. This, this sureness is not just in words or feelings, but it is a confidence that moves to an action where we exercise a belief, uh, a step of faith in that. It's been told uh, of a great tightrope walker called Charles Blondin that he could cross any expanse on a thin cable and not fall. He crossed skyscrapers and large gorges, uh, the Grand Canyon, and even Niagara Falls. On July 15th, 1859, <clears throat> Blondin walked backwards across the falls on a tightrope from the U.S. to Canada side and returned pushing a wheelbarrow. It is said that uh, people were amazed. It was even told that he did it blindfolded, and people were shouting when he came back, Blondin! Blondin. They were so excited about that. He hushed the crowd <clears throat> and asked, <clears throat> excuse me, if, it, if they believed he could take someone across on a wheelbarrow. The crowd erupted, we believe, we believe. And then Blondin asked, who would be the one who I would take across? It went silent. <clears throat> Saying we are confident is one thing, but acting upon that, is another. The Bible book of James, uh, chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, basically says if there are no actions behind our faith, our confidence in Jesus as leader, Lord, and top influence of our life, our faith may be little or, or not at all. You see, if we say we trust God with our time, but then we say we have no time to give to serving his purposes, what does that say about our confidence in him? If we say we have confidence in God with our finances, yet does our giving and our generosity reflect that? If we say we love Jesus, but don't follow his commands and the command to love his neighbors, what does that say about our confidence? You see, actions do speak louder than words. What do the actions say about our confidence in Jesus as leader, Lord, and influencer of our, of our lives. And in these letters of John that we have been studying through these past numbers of weeks coming to the close today, we've been studying uh, about John has been challenging us to place and to show confidence in Jesus, to in a sense, step in that wheelbarrow that Jesus asked of us and head across into life, trusting in his will and his way, walking in the light of Jesus, abiding in him. And yes, it's a choice. It's a choice to keep saying, I believe, and to show it by abiding in Christ. We just read the verse in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, that the branch has to abide in the vine. In other words, it's grafted in where the energy that's flowing through the vine now flows through the branch and to create fruit. 
And the idea is that we are to live in, to be connected to, immersed in where we are living in Christ so much so that he is our leader, our Lord, and the greatest influence of our life. And we are to say we believe in that way. And by that, we are to love God and to love others. Uh, last week, if you were with us, uh, Pastor Sam talked about the importance of loving others and also the importance of loving God, as he's talked about all through this book. And then I also were to be wary of sin and darkness. A couple weeks ago, Steve talked about that. Uh, Elder Steve talked about that and, and, and challenged us in the idea of, of, of be dis, being discerning. And we're to be discerning because darkness is out there and we need to know which is light and which is darkness. And when we stray, we're to keep coming back to the light of Jesus, who, is, who Jesus is, our Savior, our atoning sacrifice of our sin, our Lord, our leader of our life, and, the, and, the co- and the, under the coaching of the Holy Spirit, who empowers us and grows us in our confidence. You see, the tactic of the enemy is to ebb away our confidence in Jesus and to keep pushing us away so that we don't feel like he's really all-powerful and almighty, and the one that we should place our confidence in. And so in this last sec- section uh, <clears throat> of 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 to 21, John gives us these two realities for choosing confidence in Jesus, for placing our confidence in the light of Jesus allows life to thrive. So I'd like us to explore these realities, but before we do, if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet one more time, I know we, we've gotten you up and then down again. But we, just, we wanted to give you some exercise today. So just, you know, clock it in as you got some exercise today. But let's pray. Father God, thank you <clears throat> that we can have confidence in you as our leader, as our Lord, as the greatest influence in our life. And you can lead us well. Help us this morning as we are challenged with that reality. And may we walk out of here even more confident in you. Use this time, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. And I encourage you to take out uh, the worship folder that John talked to you about. It has that card in there. I do encourage you to fill it out. We'd love to see how you've been growing through uh, neighborhood church and just growing in together. And in there, there are some uh, blanks to fill in with an outline. You can write down the, the answers. The answers will be on the screen um, behind me. And also you can pick up in our lobby area, uh, one of our study guides. In there are all the answers to the fill in the blanks, all the extra verses I give. And there's some article links that are there, but you can find those article links also on our webpage. Because our hope is that you would take this time in God's word and use it as a, as a launch pad for some further study this week. You look at these verses and kind of walk through. There's some interesting teaching in this passage, and hopefully you go back to it and look at that. Uh, we will have a, a, a podcast dealing deeper into this. I, uh, the link is on our webpage. I encourage you to, to check that out. <clears throat> well, John ends his first letter with an encouragement to be confident in Christ Jesus, giving us these two realities Uh, We enjoy to place our trust, our faith, our belief, our confidence in Jesus, walking in the light of Christ. This this first reality we enjoy is real life. The life that we were meant to live is found in the light of Jesus. For when we step into and continue to place our confidence for life in Jesus as our leader and our Lord and the greatest influence, we're connected and we have a, we have belonging, we have family, and we become family, and we are family. So let's look at this, <clears throat> First John chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. In other words, the idea of the word belief means to put our place, our confidence in, to have faith in, and, and we, are, we are born of God, meaning that we have, are born of God as part of his family when we come to faith. 
Because the truth is, and the reality is that we are held back from faith by something unfortunate as part of our life. We were born with it. It's called sin. That that sin separates us from God and we can't have a relationship with him. We can't enjoy heaven and we can't enjoy being all that God has created us to be. Sin holds us back. And there's nothing we can do to get connected to God or anyway, because sin is there. We can't somehow melt it away. We need a savior. And Jesus provided that. Matter of fact, if you just go back a a few chapters to uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. That word propitiation means atoning sacrifice. That he's the one who took our sin upon him on the cross. He died and he didn't stay dead. He rose again saying that he is the one who is the one who takes care of our sin. And, and because of that, when we come to believe, we're now family. John writes of that in his gospel of John, chapter one, verse 12. But all who have received him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are family. I want to sing that song. We are family. <clears throat> I should, yeah. I got the same reaction at a first gathering. Just don't, Mike. It's okay. Let me read on. <clears throat> Second half of verse one of 1 John 5. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know we love the children of God. When We love God and obey his commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And as part of this family, our family values is love, love for each other, caring and encouraging and helping and being helped and listening and including that that's part of what we do as God's children. And we're to look for ways to love other people. And so instead of coming to church to go, what am I going to get? Who's going to see me? Who's going to talk to me? We actually look for who can we bless? Who can we love? How can we help? We're looking for ways to love other people in our neighborhood, in our city, where we work. We're looking how to love other people. And then we're to love God. To he keep his commandments. Actually, Jesus gave a, what he called a, a new commandment in John, the gospel of John chapter 13, verse 34. He said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. That we're to love each other. That's part of the things that God commands us to do. And and he's given us other ones. And we're to challenge to to look into God's word and understand them and and be about what God has called us to do. That's how we show love to him. And these commandments are not burdensome. When I was in high school, um, I longed for a a family feel and a family sense. Uh, My family had been blown apart by divorce and ugly and messed up and, and I felt very disconnected and detached. And so whenever I saw one of my friends and their family, I just wanted to be with them. And so I'd show up mostly at dinner time, and, uh, uh, I would be welcomed in and, and become part of the family. And I, I just, I wanted to be included so much that I just began to do chores. I clean off the table. I wash the dishes. I, I, if they were painting something, I would help paint a room. I would go and you know, fold their laundry for them as I saw a pile of laundry. And I, I, just, I just wanted to be part of the family. I wanted to participate. No task was burdensome. No ask was too much. It was a complete joy. I got to participate. I was included. And I felt connected. The God of the universe has invited us to be part of his family, to be included. Why would anything be burdensome 
And he says, here's how to participate. Here's my will. Here's my way. Just jump in and you will experience that incredible connection. It's like when we do any kind of ministry around here, whether you're on a ministry team and involved with our kids or our youth or, or ushers or, 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 or whatever. Uh, we had a work day yesterday, uh, great opportunities. We, we go on mission adventures. Uh, that, that, that connection that we have together builds such a, a common ground and a, a, a interaction time because we share life together and we feel connected. And we do that when we serve God's purposes. We're connected with every other believer around the world. Let's put our confidence in that. Replacing our confidence in the light of Jesus allows us to thrive. We're family. Not only family, but we overcome. Look at verses 4 and 5 of 1 John chapter 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except for the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? We don't have to give in to the world's ways of thinking. We can discern and overcome the pressure and the pull and the persuasiveness of all that is around us. All that's not Jesus's will and way. And yes, that pull is strong. Self-obsession, pride, lust, pornography, greed, judging, being safe, exclusion, self-righteousness, being our own God, ignoring the needy, showing partiality, and all that is seeking to bend God's good way. Yes, that pull is strong. But in Christ, we can overcome. Sure, it won't be easy. Yet our confidence is not in our circumstances and not in our ability and not in this world system, but our confidence is in Jesus. You know, Jesus, he's the one, according to Colossians chapter one is the one who breathed everything into existence. And he is the one who holds everything together. That's Jesus. Oh, you know, Jesus, you can read about him in the gospels. He's the one who walked on water. The one who healed the sick and caused the the blind to see the lame began to walk. He even touched leprosy and it went away. That's Jesus. And he's far more than that. That demons fleed from him. And he even raised the dead. Woo! Man, could you have been in that room when Jesus was was there and and the the, the funeral procession came walking by and here's this poor widow who this is her only hope, her son, and, and he's dead. And Jesus does what you shouldn't do. He touched a dead body and he said, arise. And the guy got up. Woo, man. Could you believe that? He cried out and yelled at Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And this guy who had been dead three days came walking out of a tomb. Wrap off his clothes, man. That guy's alive. That's Jesus. And we can have confidence in him. All powerful, almighty, all sufficient savior. In Jesus, we overcome. Replacing our confidence in the light of Jesus allows life to thrive. See, this is real life. Connected and finding belonging in God's family, knowing we can overcome and we have the guarantee we have eternal life. Look at uh, John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 6 to 9. In this, he, that's Jesus, 
who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. These agree. If we have received the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is a testimony of God that he has born concerning his son. Now, what he's talking about is he's tested these three, the water, the blood, and the spirit is talking about, first of all, the water, his baptism. In John chapter 1, uh, verses 30 to 51, Jesus went down, John the Baptist baptized him, and he came up out of the water, and the spirit descended like a dove, and a voice from heaven came, this is my beloved son. Everybody was there, heard that. They went, whoa, this is amazing. So therefore, it was the testimony of the, of the water and the spirit, but the testimony of blood is Jesus' death and his resurrection. Hundreds of people saw Jesus who was dead alive. It was a, 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 a fact at that point. No one could, did, could deny that. Those three, the spirit, the water, and the blood all give testimony to Jesus. And he says, you know, you listen to the testimony of man. That's referring back to the law, the biblical law in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, where it says the, the, the account of three witnesses is enough. And, and John is saying, you got far greater more with, with, with the testimony of the water, the blood, and the spirit to say that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the son of God. He's the one that you can have confidence in. And we're to get that. Verse 10, whoever believes in the son of God has a testimony himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar because he does not believe in the testimony that God has born concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. We're to have confidence to believe in Christ and to know that we have eternal life in him. A life that starts when we receive the Lord and then begins on into reality eternity. We have that confidence knowing it, being assured and have confidence that we have eternal life. Because there is more to this span of life than just this little blip of time on earth. There is a future. Now, John, who wrote the gospel of John, who wrote these letters of John, also wrote the book of the Revelation. He got a glimpse of what it's like. A lot of imagery in that, but he wrote it down. This earth is not as good as it gets. There's more. We can hope and have confidence. Sure, we're going to have to endure the hardships and struggles of this life. But even in that, our coach, the Holy Spirit, is working. So true life, real life is living, not beaten down by the struggles of life, but being empowered and confident that we're family, that we overcome and that we have a life that's way beyond this. We all have that because of Jesus. Replacing our confidence in the light of Jesus allows us to thrive. So yes, that's real life, connected, overcoming, eternal life, all found in the light of Jesus. As well, assurance is found in the light of Christ. Well, John goes on from this assurance of the of, of eternal life and talks about assurance of answered prayer. Look at John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God hears us. God hears us. God hears us. 
When we pray, does it just bounce off the ceiling and come down? No. The God of the universe has tuned his ear towards us. He loves us. I was up in my office upstairs up here. There's a little uh, waiting area where uh, people can wait there. And I was working on something at my desk. And all of a sudden I heard some little voices out in the lobby. And and something happened in my heart when I heard those voices. It kind of leapt and it caught my attention. And I stood up and I went out to to the hallway. And all of a sudden, three of my grandkids came ringing up, Papa! And we hugged. And then they said, can we have candy? Um, of course, (laughs) the God of the universe loves you enough to when you talk, his heart leaps. He can't wait to be interactive with you. He loves you that much. And we can boldly go as Hebrews 4.16 says to, to approach the throne of grace. Yes, with respect, but God listens. Now, he doesn't always give us what we ask for because, you know, I'm not going to give my grandkids all the candy they want. Papa, can we take all of this? No, it's not good for them. Just as it is with us. Sometimes we ask God for things we think it's great for us and it's not because God knows more than we do. And we place our confidence in him. We trust in him in that. But God hears us pray. And so we're to talk to him. John goes on and talks more about prayer, but this is very interesting. And I really want you to pay attention to this. Verse 16 or verse 15. If we know that that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him for. God listens. Yeah, again, he may not answer all that we ask for, but he does listen to us. But verse 16 16 says, and, and, and Don says something very interesting. If anyone sees his brother, verse 16, committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. Now, if you're like me and you read that, you're kind of going, Okay, what is John saying here? This seems kind of heavy. But yes, there is a sin that leads to physical death. It is a willful, continuous, unrepentant heart of a believer. As John writes to Christians, believers about prayer, he slips in this intense teaching saying out of God's mercy and grace and love, There can be a time when God says enough, enough to a willful, continuous, unrepentant person and to spare them the damage they will bring to themselves and to others, to the cause of Christ. God brings them home by ending their physical life. Now, not all people who die are under this discipline, but some are. The Apostle Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 to 34. Look it up and read about it. His wife Sapphira. As well, Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 10, with Ananias and his wife Sapphira. When believers choose a willful, continuous, unrepentant heart, God may end their physical life. So we're to pray. 
First of all, we're to pray with a, with a humble, repentant heart towards God in his will and his way, but also to care and love people enough to pray for others to be humble and repentant. Not, not to pray for their end, but to pray for their turning back to God. And if God has not taken them home, there still is hope. Now, there's a great article. It's in the study guide. It's also online that you can look at this. It delves deeper into this point. But the point here is we can be confident our prayers are heard by God. So pray with, with, with confidence for others to come back to God and pray as well for yourself. For placing our confidence in the light of Jesus allows life to thrive. God hears us. And we can be confident in that as well. We can be confident in the assurance of victory. Look at verse 18. And we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. He who was born of God protects him. That's Jesus who protects us. And the evil one does not touch him. I want to sing the MC Hammer song. You can't touch this. (laughs) Same reaction as for a service. (sighs) Tough crowd. We know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding, understanding of all that we've talked about, that we may know him who is true. He is the one to have confidence in and that we are in and, and, and that we are in him who is true. The son of the son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. Little children, he says. Keep yourselves from idols. We know the truth. The truth is Jesus. And to claim the victory and place our confidence in Jesus, that all-sufficient, all-powerful Savior that we have, he is the one who pushes away the darkness. He is the one that guides us through life. He is the true way to go in life. and, And we will not make mistakes following him. So it says, don't give in to idols. An idol is anything that we place in our life that becomes our leader, our Lord, and greatest influence. And then we do that all the time with all kinds of things in our life. We place uh, material possessions as the leader, Lord, and influence in our life. We, we place um, a, a relationship as leader, Lord, and influence in our life. We, we place uh, of, uh, even uh, uh, our family as the, the, the leader and Lord and, and, and influence of our life. We even mostly place ourselves as the leader, Lord, and influence of our life. And John is saying, don't make idols. We love to make idols, but what should be in that place is Jesus. He should be our Lord and our leader and the greatest influence of our life. Replacing our confidence in the light of Jesus allows life to thrive. What we have confidence in shapes us. Confidence is more than just feelings. It's action. It moves us to make purchases, but also moves us down a path of life to walk in the light of Jesus, <laughs> stick ourselves in, in that wheelbarrow. John encourages us to place our confidence in Jesus for real life is found in the light of Jesus. We're family. We overcome. We have eternal life. In that, there's also assurance. Assurance is found in the light of Christ. Assurance of answered prayer and assurance of victory. For placing our confidence in the light of Jesus 
allows life to thrive. So let's place our confidence in Christ, not in other things. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we conclude this series uh, on walking in the light, Lord John just ends it with a a last challenge, uh, a challenge to put our full confidence to know Jesus, that he truly is the leader that we can follow. He truly is the Lord that we could submit to, that he truly is the greatest influence in our life that guides us right every single time. So God, we're asking that you you would build our confidence in him, that you would bring us along and, and so that we make those choices that this is right. Yeah, it's scary. Like being and taken in a wheelbarrow across a tightrope. It's scary. But Lord, everything that you've said about Christ is true in your word. And we can place our very lives in his hand and have confidence. Confidence to follow. Confidence to, to do what you've asked us to do. Lord, help us and, and empower us with that confidence that we can walk out of here bold believers in you knowing that you've got us we're connected family we overcome there's victory Lord thank you for that truth help us in that we pray in Jesus name amen